millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast that celebrates films we reckon might be underrated or underseen. I'm Alice Oliver, and I'm your host for this week. And it was Josh's turn to pick, and he went with Punisher Warzone from 2008. So let's get stuck in. All right then, Josh. So as I said, it was your turn to pick the film this week, Punisher Warzone from 2008. So spoiler warning, listeners, if you haven't seen that. But first, Josh, do you want to tell our lovely listeners a bit about our Patreon that we've got going on? Yes. So if you uh, fancy a little bit of extra content, bonus episodes, episodes a day early, the ability to suggest films, get in touch, a few other bits and bobs, head on over to patreon.com forward slash just films and that. And there's a few tiers there um, and you can find a few bits in there. All tiers do include episodes a day early and bonus content, so extended episodes. So any support you can give us is massively appreciated. And the link for that is in uh, the episode description to this, Alice. Thank you very much, Josh. Always good to know. There you go, listeners. A little treat for you. Head over onto Patreon and see what we've got going on. But anyway, back to today's episode. And like I said, Punisher Warzone 2008. Spoiler warning, listeners. You have been warned twice now, so no excuses. So, Josh, do tell us, what is this film about and why did you pick it? So, Punisher Warzone is about the character of the Punisher from the comic books, who, who is Frank Castle. If you don't if you, if you don't know, he's a comic book character who he hasn't got any powers. He's an ex-Special Forces agent or ex-soldier or, or ex-Summer, big, big hard guy, uh, <laughs> whose family are killed in a mob hit. I, uh, I think it's a mob hit in this varies depending on who's written it but basically his family are killed which sends him into a sort of murderous quest for vengeance where he basically hunts criminals down and rather like your friendly unlike your friendly neighborhood spider-man he just blows them all to bits Mm, it's literally that is the opposite of that he's like he's like yeah it's like batman on a bad day basically Mm -hmm. just goes around blowing people up killing people killing people in gruesome ways essentially that is punishing people oh there it is there it is um, this version of the character is it's sort of um it, it's basically that it's, it's literally it's him um, he's going about his business mourning the death of his family um taking down crime families he comes across a crime boss who is played by Dominic West called Billy Russo who he uh, tries to kill by putting a glass machine that then turns oh. him into the sort of disfigured he uh, villain jigsaw uh, and it's about their battle with each other really um why did I pick this one so a couple of reasons so there's one big reason but I'll start with the general ones first first of all Think, I think it's underrated. I think it's, okay. it was not well received when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's very stylized, this film, which we'll come on to, so I can understand if you didn't like it. 
Underseen as well, didn't do well at the box office. But the main reason I want to pick it is, of course, that this film stars Ray Stevenson mm. as Frank Castle and the Punisher. Now, Ray Stevenson sadly passed away this year. Um, this was the first opportunity we had to pay tribute to him. I had a few of his films on my list anyway, and I thought, well, mm. do you know what? I wanted to pick one where he was the you know, the biggest part of it. The star, yeah. Obviously, he's the lead in this. And he didn't mm. do many leading roles. He was quite often supporting character actor. If you think of things like he plays Volstagg in the Thor films, the MCU films. Um, he's in King Arthur. He was in the TV series Rome. Um, he's in the other guys. He's in loads of stuff. Whatever he's in, he's actually in the series Ahsoka, which will either be on Disney Plus now or will be coming out soon, depending on, on, when, on when we can get this out. Um, so he sadly passed away this year um and i thought he's a bit of an underrated actor mm. you know he's, he's 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 always turns up and delivers and i thought he's a bit of an underrated actor so why not give him you know give him a little bit of a little bit of a tribute episode by picking this film which to be honest was on my list anyway so i take it you hadn't seen it before this episode then i hadn't seen it i think the only i, I recognize that kind of skull image yeah, I've definitely yeah, seen yeah. that somewhere, but well, the character's no. been done quite a few. He's in the MCU now. He's played by yeah. John Bernthal. He was. It was. There's another Punisher film called The Punisher with Thomas Jane and uh, John Travolta in it, and that is actually on my list as well. Uh, spoilers, um, which I obviously <laughs> won't pick for a while now that we've done this one. And there's an 80s version of the character with Dolph Lundgren as well. So it's okay, quite, and it's also a lot going on. It's yeah. one of those images that, like, you know, it's been on T-shirts all over the gaff. It's like Che Guevara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so what did you what did you like then? Um, well, well I suppose I, we should, did you like anything about it? I did. Yeah. No, there was there was you know what there was quite a lot that I liked about it, and I did like it um, a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, I really enjoyed some of the action, and I loved a lot of the violence in it. So, like, it's pretty gruesome, and I oh, like yeah. that. Even though obviously the Punisher is our hero. But he's a real grim bastard, and he oh, like yeah. snapping necks, using yeah. objects around him to smash and stab people with, and just using such a whole different array of violent techniques. I thoroughly enjoyed that. And the moment where Billy the Butte falls into that glass processing machine thing, and it gets switched on and completely just slices and dices him. Oh, I loved it. I thought that's dark. <laughs> that's a bit of me. That's, that that's just. It's like. It it shows you a little bit about him, doesn't it? It's like about inflicting maximum pain and mm. suffering in a punishment, moment. isn't it? It's punishing, it is. it's punishing people. <gasps> OMG, that's it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I really liked a lot of the violence and a lot of the action, and I thought that was probably the strongest element of the film for mm. me. Um, what were some of your favourite things about it? And I suppose tell me a bit about your relationship with this film. Is this one? Is was this like the first time you'd seen it in ages? Or so so it's interesting actually with this one. Is this is a film that I changed my mind on, and I don't mean now. <gasps> yeah, I mean so I watched this when it came out, and we're quite a fan mm. of the character and stuff like that. And I watched it when it came out, and I remember watching it, thinking this is crap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And me and my housemate at the time watched it, and we were both as far as I can remember, both thought it was rubbish to the point where quoting it became a joke. Okay, so, you know, you yeah. like the whole, did you know kidneys are a delicacy in yeah. Sweden? That bit. We <laughs> yeah. always, like, we always <laughs> to quote that bit to each other. And then, I don't know if that informed our opinion, but we both watched it again and we're like, as in years later, and we're like, yeah. oh, punish it's actually pretty good, isn't it? And we're like, yeah. I love and that. I, think, I love that for you. Yeah, and I think I think at the time, I didn't get it. 
Well, when mm. I look at it now, I'm like, no, it is so, it's so purely comic book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's trying, it's it's quite, of, of a lot of comic book films, I'd say this is one of the most faithful to the source material. Oh, that's interesting. Like, he looks yeah. like Frank Castle. He mm. acts like Frank Castle. When he speaks, he speaks like the character speaks. The violence is like the, you know, this ain't your grandpappy's comic book <laughs> character, right? <laughs> so it, so it, is, it is like... The whole thing with the Punisher, it's like it goes hand in hand with violence. Now, I'm not mm. like a guy like who I don't like love my violent films. I don't even I'm not that bothered on like gore or or horror films or anything like that. If it's appropriate, if it's used well, you know, that's always good or whatever. But in this, you know, there are it's some ridiculous violence. And I think because it's so stylized, I didn't get it. And you've got some big performances in there, big moments, big set pieces. And it's like, this is a bit... A bit out there, but when you watch it, it's because I think it's, it is trying to be so faithful to the character. Mm-hmm. I think it's also the first comic book film directed by a woman as well. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Um, that is very interesting. And um, that will be a talking point a little bit later on, probably. Oh, right. Well. Okay. 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 Well, we'll come I back didn't realize that. that. Mm. Well, well, well. So Patty Jenkins gets the credit a lot of the time for Wonder Woman, but Lexi mm. Alexander directed this. It's just that I believe. From what I've read, so don't you know, don't quote me on it. That the studio messed around with it quite a lot, and she sort of was like, "That's not really what I wanted to make." Oh, or interesting. It's a bit yeah. of a bastardized version of what I wanted to make, but yeah. she gets the directing credit. So, so yeah. and she's definitely had some input because 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 she clearly has, hasn't she? So, um, so yeah. So I love the look and feel of it. Like you said, mm-hmm. there, it's, it feels like a real comic book. Um, it's some yeah, like you said, good action in there. So just there's some really daft moments. So I remember watching the bit where. There's a there's some guys in it whose character trait is parkour, mm-hmm. and that's all they're there to do. They just jump about and and sort of go all the way through it. And at one point, he just blows one of them up with a rocket launcher, right? Mm. And I remember watching that first time around, thinking, "What the fuck? Why is like so fucking <laughs> random? Like, why is that?" But when you watch it, it looks like a comic book panel. Mm-hmm. It's like he picks it up, cuts to the guy in midair. He blows up and his mates look at him like, oh my God, they blew one of us up like that. So I, I liked that. I, I like I like the feel of it. The performances as well. You know, I've picked this up because Ray Stevenson's the star. Listen, he's got a lot to do in this, but he's got a lot mm-hmm. to do with physicality because the Punisher is not a character that speaks loads. You know, this isn't Aaron Sorkin film. This isn't Rocky giving big speeches. He does a lot of grunting and a lot of one or two line responses and stuff like that. Frank Castle is supposed to be this sort of broken man, absolutely apathetic to the world, mm. doesn't give a shit, just kills anyone or anything that gets in his way. And I think you get that from his performance. He's very physical. I know he did a lot of training for this. If you go on YouTube, you can find videos of him preparing and he definitely put the yards in in the same sort of mm. way that someone like Keanu Reeves does for, for John Wick and, and well any action film pretty much but so so I, I do think you know he is really good in it and he has a lot to do with his physical presence which which isn't easy all the time because as an actor what you want to do is speak it's mm-hmm. all about the dialogue mm-hmm. isn't it well a lot of actors it's all about the dialogue I know there's perfectly fantastic actors like Doug Jones who aren't all about the dialogue and stuff like that but anyway rest of the cast as well I mean Dominic West man He's just having it. He's having the time of his life. Yeah. I think this is the second Dominic West film we've done after Pride. And in both films, there's just a guy just loving what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Always Whatever. Nice to see. Yeah, whether, but like, I mean, 
you can never tell if they do or don't love what they're doing, but it certainly comes across like he's just gone, I'm going to chew the fog out of some scenery in this film. I mm-hmm. uh, love that <laughs> Doug Hutchinson as well as um, LBJ. Um, I suppose we should say oh, trigger yeah. warning. One of the characters is called Looney Bin Jim, which is obviously not a... His name is James. <laughs> yeah. it's, not it's, it's not Looney Bin Jim. He's not LBJ. It's not a his correct way of referring James. to it, but these are ignorant mobsters, I suppose. So that's why he is, <laughs> that is, why he is called that. But yeah, um, do you know what? I just feel like there's a lot of... There's just a lot of like real campy funny out there performances you know the bit where he round where jigsaw rounds the goons up and he gives them the pattern speech in front of the american flag and stuff like that funny you should bring that up josh because that was probably one of if not my favorite moment of the film (laughs) and i've written i'd written a whole bit about it in my notes but yeah let's let's see what you think then because i've I've, i've yammered on and on there I just thought it was excellent. It was just a mm. brilliant piece of dark comedy, isn't it? So he's going around sort of recruiting these like criminals and stuff to be <laughs> in his militia that he's putting together to take down um to take down the Punisher. And he stood in front of this screen that's got the American flag on it, giving this really impassioned speech, you know, as if he's like this true brilliant leader and all this. <laughs> and I just love the kind of the the sort of imagery that's then going along with what he's saying and the whole vibe of it, I was just like, this is cool. I was like, this is just such a cool moment. The mm. whole thing I thought was it was really well constructed and it was a really great moment in the film. I thought it was to, one of my to, faves. To write for sure. that, to write that in a script, the villain stands in front of a flag <laughs> as it <laughs> like some sort of despotic leader. Yeah. And gives a speech. Looking how he does. Looking sounding like he does. how he does. You've yeah. got to be writing that thinking we better get this right, otherwise I'm gonna look like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very, you know, it's quite it's quite Jack Nicholson's Joker, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. There's a bit in the Jack yeah. Nicholson uh, Joker film with Batman uh, where he, uh, he dances around the museum to the Prince song. And you're mm. like, some point someone wrote the Joker and his men dance around an art gallery, mm-hmm. destroying it and, and, and doing Joker pictures whilst Prince plays. Mm-hmm. And and some you know you can imagine getting that script being like we better we better nail this yeah because because <laughs> reading this out loud yeah. I'm not so sure but yeah um, the but, execution brilliant yeah so what else what what did you like what did you like generally about it so I did I did really like kind of how wacky the whole thing is really like we're not going for realism here but I don't think that's to the film's detriment at all and it actually made it really fun at times and kept the momentum up and the energy up a lot I thought like it didn't feel boring and it definitely didn't feel like it dragged um I thought the way that the actors were framed a lot of the time was really interesting and really effective as well so very often they would just be a little bit too far to the right of the frame or too far left and then sometimes they'd have like the tops of their heads just poking up outside of the frame. And I really enjoyed this technique, kind of made it all feel a bit more immersive. It sometimes Mm. made their interactions feel a bit more authentic and less constructed. And then some of the editing to go along with that, I thought contributed to that as well, because the film doesn't just do like a shot, reverse shot in keeping with when certain characters are speaking. So it's not just like, oh, you're speaking now, so we're looking at you. Oh, and you're speaking now, so we're looking at you. Like you'd often move around different characters in the room and cut between them at different times during a conversation. And I really enjoyed that because it's it's so easy to just do, well, person A is talking now, so we look at them. Person B is talking now, so we look at them. And that's, you know, basic winning formula, obviously. So I just kind of like that it was a little bit, it just made it feel a bit more... Like the word I want to use is natural, but I, I don't know if that's right. I think, I think just, immersive. I think when you yeah. said immersive, because you, 
It's that it's like it's like the whole thing of using handheld cameras to do action sequences. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel like you're right up in it. And that exactly. obviously helps really engage you. I think it's quite because it means you have to I suppose what they do is they make you have to sit up and watch. Yes. If they make it too easy to watch the film, it's just like you say, Oh, he's talking A's talking to B, B's mm-hmm. talking to A, cut back. Back and forth. you know, it's like watching the news with noddies, isn't it? It's, mm-hmm. it's you know. Whereas if if you go, oh, you have to sit up and engage with this. Either it'll completely disengage you and go, well, I don't want to have to do any work, or it'll go, mm-hmm. oh, actually, it's quite interesting. Yeah, and it, obviously, it was enough that I noticed it and was able to recognise that actually this is enhancing the mm. character interactions a lot, and I did really enjoy that. So we'll move on now then to talking about anything that we didn't like about the film or perhaps anything that we would change. Um, I'm really interested in this from you, Josh, because mm. to go from... This has only ever happened to... No, it has happened to me a couple of times, actually, where you you feel like you were wrong about a film and you go back and watch mm. it and you actually see the value in it. So I'm interested to know if some of those original thoughts that you did have still stood or if you found new things to not like about it or if you maybe... <laughs> Liked everything about it. No, but I so I definitely, fa- I, I've definitely found new things looking at it with a critical mm. eye. I suppose you got to bear in mind when I watched this first time around, it would have been like nineteen twenty. So we were talking mm-hmm. ten plus years ago. Um, not that I'm, not that I'm in my thirties now. That'd be embarrassing. But embarrassing, embarrassing. But I think when I first watched it, I don't think I got it because I think it is so out there and it is so stylized. You could say, you know, you could say. You could call it campy, you could call it stylized, you could see you could call it balls to the wall. Whatever it is, they picked a style and they went with it. And that mm-hmm. style was they went big. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? They surrounded this character who doesn't really speak with big characters, particularly and big effects, I suppose. So particularly the the villains are the, you know, that when we're talking about performances, it's the villains, right? But also some of the action. There is a bit in this film where he literally punches through a grown man's skull. <laughs> I mean, to do that, you'd have to be. I mean, is is there a human who is strong enough to do that? I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but Hathor Bjornsson. My yeah, money's yeah. on him, but if anyone. If you think about how, if you've ever done any martial arts boxing or even just hurt your hand by accidentally slipping and hitting something, um, or even been in a fight, Alice, let's say it. Some people out there have been in fights. <laughs> it fucking hurts to punch something. Hmm. So to punch through a full, it's not just like, it's not, it's a full grown dude. Mm-hmm. So some of the, so, so I think maybe things like that in the rocket launcher sequence and, and, you know, kidneys and applesauce made me <laughs> when I was younger go, this is too out there. But I suppose mm-hmm. when I watched it, it was your Nolan Dark Knights and the start of the MCU. So it was uh-huh. like, no, we're going to do this properly. We're going to take this seriously. And all superhero films are a post 9-11 allegory about, you know, mm. about saviour syndrome and all that sort of stuff. But actually, it's just balls to the wall fun. And I think mm-hmm. this film is quite fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. But there is stuff I didn't like about it. So the first thing I think is, it's actually a little bit too physically dark in places. Sure. There was places yeah. like, I don't know what's going on here, and I've seen this before. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little bit of that. Um, there's some real, there's some real cliche dialogue in there, mm-hmm. which I don't mind. Mm. to some degree when you're doing comic booky stuff. But he has a conversation with, it's not Soap, is it Bodansky in the church? Colin Salmon's character. Um, he has a character with him and he literally, there's a bit where I counted the cliched pieces of dialogue. <laughs> At one point they say to each other, I took an oath 
<laughs> what book do you think they're using and the clock's ticking? I was like, that is right out of the fucking, the, the playbook of, well, I can't think of anything to have. Clock's ticking. Like, mm-hmm. just say nothing. Say yeah. nothing. Just walk off. <laughs> like, but anyway, so there's a little bit of that. The main issue I have, and it does come back to the script, but it's more to do with the development of the character and some of the exposition, particularly early on, which is, I think this is a film made for Punisher fans. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think you re- I think there isn't loads to tell you about the character's background. Obviously, he's based on a pre-existing character in a comic book. So I think... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. a lot of what how you form an attachment to Frank is knowing what's happened to him. So if you take example, I'm not going to sit here and compare it to the other one too much because we haven't done the other one, but the other one, the one I mentioned with John Travolta in it and Thomas Jane, it's it's like an origin story. Mm-hmm. So it's like how he ends up as the Punisher and you form that emotional attachment to him because you watch him go through what he goes through and go through all this horrible trauma. Whereas in this, you get a few flashbacks, but actually... You never get that, and this is what's going on. It just you're straight in the world, and he's doing his thing, and that worked for me as a fan of the comic books. But I can see how watching it from the outside, you'd be like, I don't know what's going on here. Why should I give mm-hmm. a shit? Mm-hmm. So I can under I could understand that. So I, so I, I do think perhaps there is an issue with forming that attachment to Frank as a character. If you didn't go, you I don't think you're I don't think if you don't you know when this is at the cinema in the heady days of two thousand and eight. I don't think if you don't know the character, you're not going to the cinema and going one or, you know, two for Punisher Warzone, please. Yeah, probably. Uh, I would. Yeah, Do you know what I, I mean? Like, same, like yeah, yeah. Not in the same way you would, you know, and I, I, 
there are, there are film genres we talked on before which have real wide appeal and comic books were big at the time because we're talking you know same year as the dark knight i'm not sure when it came out in relation to that but this is when comic book films were emerging as the big blockbuster genre mm-hmm. and this is an 18 so obviously you you uh narrow down your audience but i don't yeah i don't see people going and saying one please for punisher warzone who mm-hmm. aren't um who aren't Punisher fans. Um, mm. So I can see, I, I can I can understand why this wasn't a hit with the critics, which we'll obviously come on to, but that's why I picked it amongst other even. And I can also see why it didn't make loads of money. That still doesn't mean I'm wrong, I suppose. <laughs> um, so what about you then? I know you've, you've said a few things there. What, what didn't you like about it? So there are a few things. And the main thing for me is something that is just completely my opinion and probably something completely based on my te- my tastes, but I still think I'm 100% right. So <laughs> the biggest issue for me with this is that they really, it really, really should have had either a heavy metal score or an EDM uh... score throughout, right? So every now and then you'd get a bit of a heavy metal song playing Mm. as part of the soundtrack. So usually when we were with the bad guys and they were doing something, so there's one moment near the end where Psychosocial by Slipknot starts playing as Jigsaw's, you know, militia are walking through the streets. And this was awesome. Like, it was an awesome moment. It only lasted about eight or nine seconds, but I was like, yes, this is what the whole film should have been. But whenever we're with the Punisher and he's doing anything, it was like a classical orchestral score with, you know, lots of string instruments. Mm. And I feel like this was such a missed opportunity. And I think heavy metal or EDM throughout would have elevated the whole thing so much and would have felt more in keeping with what the Punisher is all about, given my very narrow sort of (laughs) experience of the Punisher, which is just this film. Um, And it would have been more in keeping with the whole vibe and the aesthetic of the film. So because the orchestral stuff really stood out, it felt too old-fashioned for the film, I thought, and a little bit boring. So it sort of felt like the score was created completely separately of the film, like they just went to a composer and just went, oh, we need a score for an action film, can you do it? And he just gone, well, okay, I guess I'll just do the classic, you know, strings, bit of wind, maybe the odd drum or whatever. Mm, he's thinking feel... about his family and it's all yeah, very sad. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, but I yeah. think if you'd... If you watched the film first and then were tasked with devising a score for it, it would have been more, a bit more like The Matrix, a bit more EDM yeah. or a bit more heavy metal. And in my opinion, and I do think I'm right, that would have just suited the character so much more. It would have gone so much better with the action scenes, with all that violence. Mm. And after I noticed that, it was only about 10 or 15 minutes in where I was like, oh, I was expecting it to be, I think, was it Tomb Raider that we did with Angelina Jolie? That was pretty heavy metal. And I was like, yeah. that's a good soundtrack here. That is a good score for that. You've got to and pick wanted... a theme, haven't you? I think, I think, and I don't mean the th- like, obviously theme, not in a, not in a not the theme, theme, theme music. I mean, like, <laughs> Like you say, if you had that consistency, if you look at something like like The Matrix, it has that all the way through, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Or even if you think of not necessarily an action film, but like as soon as you said EDM, I thought about Bronson because mm-hmm. that's got that sort of EDM all the way through it. And, and, and the director uses that a lot, doesn't he? That sort of pulsating music all the way through it. Yeah, I think you've got a really good point there, actually. Oh, good. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that feedback because I just, I just, I was just thinking. And then... For me to be thinking that and for there to be these moments of heavy metal music playing while stuff was happening just kind of proved my point. And I was like, Mm. this is so much cooler when those type of songs are playing along Mm. with these action sequences. So that was the big thing for me that I just, I was like, oh man, you missed a trick here. The other thing was the female representation in this film is shocking, right? So you've got Nikki Donatelli's wife 
whose name I don't even know. She's played by Julie Benz because mm. I know that she's Darla in Buffy and Angel. And this is the only thing I've seen her in other than Buffy and Angel. So it was nice to see her. But I don't even know her name. She's literally got about 10 lines of dialogue through the whole thing. Even though she's in the film quite a lot, she barely says anything. And then you've got this like elderly mum character who is the mum of... Is Micro. the guy who was in Third Rock from the Sun and Jurassic Park. Yeah, Wayne, this was Microchip. So Microchip's like his... His that guy. Tech guy is M or whatever. Yeah, mother. or his Q. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, she Q. was another yeah. female character. She she didn't say anything and got her head blown off. And the there little was a female girl. police. <laughs> there was the, the little girl. She had a couple of lines. Um, and then there was the female police officer who was on screen for probably less than a minute and didn't have any lines of dialogue before she then got killed. And I was just like, I want I want a female gangster or I want a female detective. I want a female inspector. I just want to see just anything. And I was like, I was like, maybe, maybe the wife character is going to get better. Maybe she's going to have a moment or something, but she just doesn't. And so then when you mm. said before that it was directed by a woman, I was like, I find that really surprising. And like, so if the source material is all blokes, then that's fine. And I try not to like pick up on this stuff too much because if you went back and analyzed all the films throughout history, you'd be here forever saying <laughs> this is wrong. This is fucked up. Do you know what I mean? But it felt just really obvious in this i think because a because it was from 2008 and b because it would have been so easy to just put a woman in there mm. like maybe billy the beat yeah, had like a girlfriend or a wife or an accomplice or something like anyone yeah, or, i think or you could make one of the you know one of the detectives that goes after him um a, a woman so again so so looney bin jim is not in the comics, so they've written a new right. character. So you could okay, have made, so, made well, that Looney Bin Jane characters. Then, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's what I mean. You, that could have that's... been Looney Bin Jane. Ah, so there's no reason yeah. why it could have. No, do you know what? And again, that's you know, I suppose that's me watching it as a bloke, isn't it? Because you, you know, I'm so used to seeing myself represented on screen, and particularly in films like this, um, that I I've never really picked up on that. But you're absolutely right, and it's especially strange considering it is directed by a woman. Yeah, and it just, it felt strange it, and it felt just super obvious because obviously I went into it thinking like, oh, it's going to be about the normal amount of bad female representation. You know, I was mm. like, that's fine. I expect it or whatever. Yeah, but just standard 2008 was, shit, shit female yeah, representation. It was just, it was, but it was just, it was worse. And I was like, really? Nothing? You're not going to give me anything? Is the, ugh. anyway, so that was a bit annoying and a bit dumb. So here's one for you then. We always say what we don't like or what we change. So here's what I'd change then. Frank's wife speaks to him all through the film. That's how I'd change if I was going to do it. Oh, like it is a ghostly, yeah, like, 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 a, like a conscience sort of thing. Like yeah, a Jiminy Cricket, but it's his dead wife. Yeah, Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, but yeah. you know that, or, or you know, she is the thing that fills him with the desire to keep doing what he's doing. So mm -hmm. you know, like in the way that like Inception the the perception of Marianne Cotillard's character is that she's the villain and she's always set in um, the dreams and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But when they ask Joseph Gordon-Levitt, she says, oh, no, in real life, she was lovely. Mm. So it's like Frank's perception. So it's his wife constantly being like, Kill, keep killing these fuckers. Mm -hmm. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Or so, you know, something. Cool. She doesn't even have to be like that. She could just be there speaking to him. No, that would be that would be cool. That's definitely the cooler way to do it is like that she's like burning red hot with like rage and vengeance as well at the whole thing. Yeah, that's she happened. represents the anger or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or even like say Nikki Donatelli's wife, say actually he ends up being 
um, she, sorry, that she, you know, is secretly really good at like martial arts or something, yeah. or she has like a fucking assault rifle or, or, you know, and it turns out she's actually hardcore and she wants to come and shoot a load of bad guys as well. And, you know, something like that. Um, another thing as well is, so I didn't love any of the characters. I didn't really care what happened to anyone. I think the character <laughs> development isn't really a strength here. Everyone feels really superficial. And I'm not going to say much more about that because it's, it's an action film. Like, you know, you kind of expect it to a certain degree. Um, and you did kind of touch on it before. As, you know, it's not, it's it's more about the action and the spectacle. And also, if you already have some prior knowledge about the Punisher, maybe it's not as much of a big issue. But I didn't know these characters. I didn't know, you know, these people sort of thing. So I could have done maybe with a bit more going on. Yeah, they're all, they're all pretty one dimensional. They are. Like they they're are. good. I think, like I've said, the actors are good with what they give them. But oh, sure, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's not a character piece. No, <laughs> no, it's it's guns and knives and glass yeah. and Punching kicking your skulls. fucking head in. Exactly, yeah. that is exactly it. Um, and just finally, and this one is really silly because, like we've already said, we're not looking for realism here. But just one thing that really stood out to me, so I have to mention it. So, Nikki Donatelli is an undercover FBI agent, right? Mm -hmm. He's infiltrated a really dangerous group of people and then he gets killed whilst on the job. So after his funeral, his wife and his young child just go back to their house, to their mm. normal house where they lived with this man who is now seriously pissed off some very dangerous people, right? They have no protection. There are no police officers watching over the house from outside. They're not sent away to witness protection or anything like that. And this just felt absolutely crazy. And then later on, everyone's like, oh no, Billy the Butte is going after Donatelli's wife for revenge. And I was just like, well, duh, obviously he's going <laughs> to do that. So I was like, you're already just getting that now. And I just, I couldn't let this one go. Like of all the things in there that were just like, oh, would that really happen though? This one just really stood out to me. Because I was like, I because I think the moment that really drew attention to it was the Punisher obviously turns up at her house mm. to say like, to give her some money and say like, I'm sorry and that. And I was like, how is he just able to turn up at her house? And just they're not walk cops up to outside? The house. Yeah. Like, imagine like to get escorted, imagine being escorted back to the house and the agent being like, right, um... Right, I'll leave you to it then. Exactly, you get settled yeah. then. Like, what <laughs> like, is happening? Like, like when someone's staying at your house and you show them to their room. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's where you are there. We've left you a towel. So yeah. shower's just there. <laughs> um, and uh, Don't yeah, worry just, about the gangsters. Yeah, Don't worry about the All right, notorious uh, criminal. Hey, He's one of you, the most dangerous people on our books. You look after He's yourself. So <laughs> a man so dangerous that we had to get your husband, an FBI agent, to go undercover mm. to try and bring him down. God, I, was God, just I like... hope he doesn't set his inc incredibly athletic brother free. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was just like, oh, come on, guys. Um, but that was it for me. Overall, I think, like you said, it's a lot of fun. It's energetic, good momentum, and I do love me a bit of stylish violence, i got to say. We'll move on now then to talking about the critical reception. So you think it's underrated? Mm. I can I can probably see that the critics were massively into this. Audience-wise, I think if what you said is accurate, that sort of Punisher fans and maybe comic book fans are going to see this, and there's probably a lot in there for them. So I think I, I would probably give this a high six, mm -hmm. which is quite good for me. Mm. So I think it probably got, I think, I, I, feel, I feel like I want to say like a six bang on, 
Right, okay. And, and you think that was under and, and you think that was underrated if it I was. I think that. that that was a little bit underrated, yes. So go okay. on. Okay. So it let to me tell me. you. It's so much worse. Oh dear. Oh, it's no. so much worse. So at the time of recording, I give it about what you'd say as well. So like mm. a, it's like a high six, it's a seven, maybe seven for me, because I'm a little mm. bit more attached to it. Um at the time of recording on IMDB, it gets five point nine out of oh. ten. And you think, oh, okay, okay, okay. It does no get better than that. Okay. Because over on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience give it 42%. Okay. And the critics give it 29%. So that averages out, I think, just under four and a half out of ten or 45%. Oh, no. oh dear. So that's oh, the that's the Punisher the... sure got punished. Yep. Oh. I hope he doesn't hear about it. Who punishes um, the Punisher? I think they say the, that in the film. That don't is they? literally Terrible. a line in that. Yeah. And then the in terms of box office, just for the underseen element as well, it was budgeted at thirty-five million dollars. Mm -hmm. And according to the best figures I could find, it made worldwide ten. So it didn't even Wow. Make a third that surprises of its me. Back. Yeah. I am really surprised by that. What do we what say you? What say you? Gosh. I would have to say that that is underrated. I think, I think that is mean. I can, like, I can see that there are issues in it, but it's it's one of them where you've got to adjust. And this is the thing that the critics, I don't think they do do, is it? You've got to adjust your thinking. It's yeah. like when you're five minutes into this, you've got to think, oh, okay, we're not going for highbrow, sophisticated, you know, well-written story, brilliantly developed characters. We're just going for big action, knives, guns. Violence, bad guys. Ugh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. Once you're in that mindset, it's good and it does what it's meant to. But if you don't put yourself in that mindset, then yeah, maybe you wouldn't like it. Ultimately, I do think that's underrated, and I think that that from the critics is is a little bit harsh. What about you? I mean, I yes, think I know yeah, what you're saying. I fully agree. So, are we saying underrated and underseen? I think so. Yeah. 10 okay. Mil. There we go. Underrated, underseen, and just to finish as well, uh, rest in peace, Ray. Mm. Well, there we go. Another episode in the bag, another underrated and underseen. So happy with that. Do make sure you check it out. If you like your stylized mad violence, <laughs> this is definitely one. If you want to see a man shoot another man in the face with a shotgun from less than a meter away in front of a <sighs> child... Oh, you you'll like this one. You'll love to you'll see. like this one. Um, so, yes, we will be back next week with another episode in your podcast feed. So do be sure to check that out. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's filmsthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. So it's for just films and that. Give us a follow. We're always putting content, film-related stuff out there where we can. And, uh, yeah, engage with us. Always nice to see you. But, obviously, it's great that you're uh, listening. So thank you very much for that. Tell you what, we're also on the television as well, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. Every Friday from 6pm, you can find me and Josh talking about all our favourite underrated and underseen films on the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the north east of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. I'm also uploading all the videos to Daily Motion, so make sure you go on over there, type in Just Films and that, and you'll be able to see exactly what we're up to wherever you are in the world. Thank you. Yes, lots of ways to see us, hear us, get in touch with us, engage with us, all that sort of stuff. But thank you, as ever, for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. 